How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. My name is Chad. With me is Leonard. This is a show about wrestling, and this week we decided to continue our WrestleMania-themed episodes, and we haven't done a rebook of WrestleMania yet during this run anyway. Um, so we decided to rebook WrestleMania 10. Now, you might be saying, why are we rebooking that one? There's you know, at least two classic matches on there. Does it really need to be rebooked? Well, there were more than just two matches on that card, but we gave ourselves some ground rules to make things more interesting. And Leonard, do you want to tell them what those ground rules are? Sure. Now, to mention this came up because when we did our greatest opening matches in WrestleMania history, we both had Bret Hart versus Owen Hart from this show at number one. And at the time... We both said, yeah, outside of that match and the IC title ladder match between Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, there's not a lot of really good stuff on, on this show. So that's why we decided to do it. And, of course, we both would have kept the matches that I just mentioned unless we couldn't. So here was the, the two uh, specifications that we threw in. One, you could have Bret Hart versus Owen Hart, or you could have Bret win the title from Yokozuna but you couldn't have both, one or the other. And I guess neither, even though I don't think we said that. And, and I, I, I assume both of us used one or the other. And then the other one was you had to book a ladder match, but it could not be Michaels versus Ramon. You could use one of them or neither, but not both. So that's the two things that, that we laid the ground rules on. So we wouldn't automatically keep those two classics, but a chance that we could have something close to those while reworking the entire card. So I'll throw it back to Chad, as I assume you'll run down uh, what the card actually was. And uh, some of you out there might be surprised at the garbage, the hot garbage that the rest of the show was. Exactly. And uh, so let's go over a little bit of background information about WrestleMania 10, which was obviously the 10th annual WrestleMania event. It was held in Madison Square Garden on March 20th, 1994, and it was had a tagline called 10 Years in the Making. It was the first WrestleMania um, edition not to include Hulk Hogan. And Tito Santana. That's true, yeah who had previously been seen as the face of the company. This would also mark Randy Savage's last televised match for the company. It had an attendance of 18,065, a buy rate of 420,000. And let's go over that hot garbage card. The dark match was the heavenly bodies of Tom Pritchard and Jimmy Del Rey with Jim Cornette defeating the Bushwhackers. The opening match, as we've discussed, is Owen Hart against Bret Hart. After that was Bam Bam Bigelow and Luna Vachon against Doink the Clown and Dink the Clown. After that, we had Randy Savage against Crush in a Falls Count Anywhere match, followed by Alundra Blaze and Leilani Kai in a singles match for the WWF Women's Championship. After that, we had Men on a Mission of Mabel and Moe with Oscar, defeating the Quebecers with Johnny Polo by Countout for the WWF Tag Team Championship. Yokozuna defeated Lex Luger by DQ in a singles match for the WWF Championship with Mr. Perfect as the special guest referee. We then had Earthquake against Adam Bomb with Harvey Whippleman. 
And the ladder match for the undisputed WWF Intercontinental Championship, Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels with Diesel. And the last match, Bret Hart against Yokozuna with Mr. Fuji and Jim Cornette for the WWF Championship with Roddy Piper as the special referee. So, Leonard and I have concocted our cards. And I will say right off the bat, I did not have a dark match here. But being that it was WrestleMania 10, I did have 10 matches. Well, I have 10 matches, including a dark match. My dark match makes 10. Well, then you know what? Without further ado, why don't you kick us off with the dark match? Okay, so my dark match is going to be the head shrinkers of Fat 2 and Samu versus the smoking guns of Barton and Billy Gunn. Now, they were supposed to be involved in an eight-man tag against each other that got cut from the show. Supposedly, yep. the story is the latter match ran long. Uh, that Sean and Razor were getting the signal to wrap it up and just kept going anyway. Right. Um, WWE, their tag division, I'm going to say, was interesting at this time. Uh, they had serviceable teams. I would That's say a nice way of putting it. And, the, and these are two of them. Um, I think that this it would be uh, a good match. I know these teams had matches before. Basically, I kind of wanted something to let the crowd know, hey, sit down, things are going to start. Uh, I think this would be just a decent match between two pretty good tag teams uh, to get the crowd woke up and, and and moving here. All right. I like it. Well, I will start with my opening match then, which will give away which of these stipulations or specifications I leaned on. Mm -hmm. And that would be I kept Brett versus Owen as the opening match. It was our number one WrestleMania opener. And I didn't see the need to change it because the match is perfect the way it is, number one. Number two, I also think that the Brett Owen storyline was more interesting than the Brett Yokozuna storyline. And I'll get to why as my card goes on, but I felt that this didn't need to be changed in any way. Uh, so that's what I kept. Uh, I don't really need to elaborate on the match. We've already gone over it in detail on another show. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this was a great storyline. I don't know if I would have kept the finish the same, being that Brett wasn't going to win later in the night, mm -hmm. which was the, the arc going on on the event. Uh, maybe I would have Brett go over here. Maybe not. I'm not really sure. You know, it could just lead to more matches if Owen won and kept it the same way. But, uh, but yeah, so that's my opener. Okay. I also kept it. You know, I figured both of us would. It's kind of even saying, hey, we're going to rebook the show to take that out of it seems like a crime. So to leave it exactly where it is as the opener, and I would keep the finish the same. I don't think that hurts Brett any while helping to elevate Owen. I think that's fine. The only other thing I would mention here is that if you wanted to move the world title back to Brett, you can do that king of the ring which is right around the corner right. uh, with that. And there were, to me, plenty of other options that you could do with Yokozuna for the world title. Uh, and I forgot to mention, in my dark match, I probably would have the smoking guns go over as the faces, again, to kind of make the crowd happy heading into the show. Uh, but, but but yeah, as, as, as we said, there's not much more we need to say here. So I'll let you do your number two match. Now, if we match from here on out, I'll be surprised. Yeah, I would be too. Um, because I did try some interesting things. So, mm -hmm. and we didn't even go over our cheat, which I don't know if you had a cheat. I have I don't at some point. I, 
I don't believe I have a cheat. I think everybody I have was physically at the show. Okay. Well, my number two match is Alundra Blaze versus Luna Vachon for the WWF Women's Championship. I didn't get a chance, I'll be perfectly honest, to look up, you know, if these two had a match. They might have. I know that they didn't have a long-standing feud at this time that I can recall because Alundra Blaze was working with primarily talent from Japan. Mm-hmm. And but Luna was there. She was young and hungry. And Medusa, Alundra Blaze, was also, you know, raring to go as she only worked like a few times a year. And I just I think that this didn't have to be any longer than the match that was on there with Lilani Kai, which I think was like three minutes, 20 seconds. This could have been around five minutes. And I think that these two could have gotten in enough work to really push the women's championship. Like if you're going to do it, then have it with, you know, two pieces of talent that the crowd will recognize and are invested in, give these two a storyline instead of just throwing them together. And I think that it could have worked. I mean, Luna is, was the consummate heel. So I think that this could have been, this could have been a good, uh, a good second matchup following a technical classic. Uh, you know, I didn't book uh, a women's match because I forgot. <laughs> That's all I, right. was, I was thinking about it because the title was on the line. I was going to look to Japan to bring in someone. Uh, but yeah, using Luna makes total sense. She was there. People knew who she was, as you said. And I think she's better than a lot of people give her credit for because especially around this time, she was involved with the with the doink dink feud with Bigelow and right. I don't think she was given a lot of opportunities and neither no woman at this period was given being given a lot of opportunities on major stage. But I think that's a perfectly serviceable match uh for, for the second one out. And again, I don't know if they had worked together. I would guess that they did, but as you said, not very high profile. So right. Fine choice. Next, I'm going kind of off the rails here. Now, a Falls Count Anywhere match was part of the original show. We didn't say we had to keep that, but I said, why not? Let's use it. So I've got a Falls Count Anywhere match, Razor Ramon versus Big Daddy Cool Diesel. Interesting. Um, So here's my story. Um, I would have had a unification of of the intercontinental title belts between Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels on a Raw heading into this. And I would have had Diesel attack Ramon to help Michaels win. And there's going to be a little bit more with that later on. So over the next few weeks, I would have Ramon and Diesel just attacking each other, fighting in the back, fighting on the aisle, fighting everywhere, which would lead to a Falls Count Anywhere match. Now Ramon and Diesel has had matches. They float around each other at this time, before and after. I mean, they've been connected throughout. But to have a match against each other at a WrestleMania with a stipulation like this, something very, very high profile, I think would be good. And like you you said, you want to book something that was a little bit dif- different than the technical classic that opened. Again, this is a false count anywhere match uh, against two, you know, big, very much character, quote unquote, guys uh, in, at this time. And I think that's very much a, a gear shifter. And this could be a, a, a match stealer uh, as well. Show stealer, I should say. A match in the night show stealer uh, as well, I think, between these guys at this time. Yeah, I like that. You know, I had thought about using Diesel in a match. You know, he was still very early in the company at this point. But I I, I couldn't figure out a way to use him that I liked. Um, although I did think about that. In our one of our previous rebooks, I, I did book Diesel against Razor Ramon. 
for the WWF championship, but that would have been, you know, a little bit down the road still. Um, but I like that. I like that, especially a Falls Count Anywhere match. I think that those guys would have worked that match really, really well. So but my number three match is for the WWF Tag Team Championship, the Quebecers versus the Steiner Brothers. So the Steiners are not long for this world after WrestleMania 10. I believe it's in May or so that yeah. they start to uh, phase out. But they're here, and why not use them? Let's put them in a prominent spot. I, you know, I don't know that I would give them the win here. Maybe I would, and then have the Quebecers, you know, steal one on a uh, on the next event or something like that. But uh, you know, it's the Steiners. They can work with pretty much anybody. The Quebecers had their moments i you know gimmicks a gimmick aside i i think that these four guys could work either a physical match or a match with you know some technical wrestling you know a little bit of mixture and uh yeah i mean maybe i'd have the steiner brothers just go over just to give them a moment in the wwf like they didn't have any moments in their run here like i had some good matches but it would have been cool to see them have a moment in the sun so well the uh steiner brothers lost the belts to the quebecers so this would be this would have been a follow-up a follow-up a rematch and i looked it up because i used that match as well now it's not my next match we'll get to it where i have it uh but you but but i'll talk about it now uh since you booked it and then we'll gloss over when i get to it on my card but i actually made it a loser leaves town match or uh, more the see, I like that. Line. Since they knew the Steiners were out the door anyway, yeah. this is a way to put the Quebecers over absolutely huge. They would look like monsters if they sent the Steiners packing. So I'm of the mind that if you if you know they're leaving anyway, job them out, get, get, get quality, get value off of it, and not make them look bad, of course. Right. Let them have a good match. But but do something where they're really trying to elevate the Quebecers uh, on their way out the door. So when I we like get that. To that, so since it was a title match, I had that a little higher on my card. I'll mention that when we get there. Uh, but my number three match was Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig versus Rick Markell. So Hennig was here and um, was a special guest referee. So from what I looked up, he was supposed to work a program with Lex Luger coming out of this. But his black back flared up again. He was out again for a few more months. But I would take it he was cleared the wrestle at this moment. So he was eligible to work a match. Rick Martell was going to be in that eight man that didn't happen that I mentioned. These are two former AWA champions. I guarantee you they wouldn't mention that in commentary, even though that would be a, a great, a great mix and match. And uh, I should have looked up if those guys had crossed paths in the AWA. I believe they have had some matches, but again, never had some high profile, nothing on a pay-per-view, nothing on a WrestleMania. Uh, and again, it's shifting gears back to something that would be just a good, solid, uh, classical match. I don't think you need much of a storyline here. It could be simply just having Hennig and Martel cut some promos on each other back and forth leading into this. Uh, it could be something where maybe Hennig announces that he's ready to wrestle and come back and Martel interrupts him just because he wants the spotlight, who cares about Hennig, something of that nature. It it, it wouldn't have to be, I think, a great storyline because the match itself on paper would be very good. Yeah, I like I like that idea a lot. I really wanted to use Rick Martel somehow 
I couldn't figure out a way to use them where I like. See, I was trying to figure in this card, I was trying to use logic where I could, and I couldn't figure out a way to use Rick Martel the way I liked, but I had like various scenarios for Mr. Perfect. And I mentioned that because you just mentioned the Martel, Mr. Perfect, AWA connection. And one of the ideas that I had, I didn't use this, but I really wanted to, as I was going to have Razor Ramon and Mr. Perfect in a match because yeah. in a perfect world, they would mention that those two guys were tag team partners and that they had had a history and you could create a really badass feud out of that if you wanted to. The fact that these guys used to be friends and partners, now they're here and they have this feud. Anyway, I didn't use that, but I wanted to mention it. And I mention all that now because my next match, I did keep the false count anywhere stipulation. Only okay. in this case, I used Mr. Perfect versus Lex Luger. Ooh, so, that's, that's nice. So here's here is my logic with that. First of all, let me say that's a rematch from WrestleMania 9. That's what I was going to say. And all that's, right, why, that's why I kept the stipulation there. Because in... The storyline, as Leonard mentioned, Mr. Perfect was supposed to go into a feud with Lex Luger, you know, kind of disputing the way the refereeing went when Lex Luger had the match against Yokozuna. In my universe, Brett and Luger could still have gone out of the Rumble the same time, but in my universe, they both had their matches already with Yokozuna, and they didn't win. So you could keep the Lex Luger-Mr. Perfect feud based on all that only in this case lex luger is no longer the narcissist he's just lex luger and it's mr perfect coming back you know i use the same logic you did that he would have been healthy enough i looked up all that history as well mm -hmm. uh, but because it's a rematch from wrestlemania 9 make it a false count anywhere up the ante and kind of reference that history and i think it could have been really interesting if that feud was continued a year later so, yeah, and I would have, I, I, I certainly would have had Mr. Perfect go over. But. Yeah, and I like the idea that that's a false count anywhere match with the two of them. Perfect can do anything. And, of course, Luger, you need to protect him, showcase him in certain ways. And I think something like this that would be very brawly and wide-ranging, um, I think, would work for him. And I like the fact that this is a dynamic flipped from the previous year. Uh, where face is a heel, the heel is a face. Um, and and you're drawing on the previous WrestleMania. Uh, all that's great. I think this would probably be a pretty good a good match for Luger, believe it or not. I think yeah. and it could do it. So match number four for me is Jeff Jarrett versus Bob Backlund. Uh, now these guys fought here and there in 1995 from what I was finding, but this the characters are a little bit different here uh, than what they were doing in 95. See, one of the ideas I had was being this is WrestleMania 10, I wanted to play a little bit with WWF history and WrestleMania history and bring in some history stuff. So Backlund was kind of at this period when he first returned was like an underdog. He was sort of a forgotten champion. He was in his early 40s trying to prove he still could. And Jeff Jarrett was young, cocky, brash. So, of course, he wants to make a name for himself by going over a former WWF World Heavyweight Champion in Bob Backlund. And while their styles are a bit different and the personalities are different at this point, I think they could mesh 
and put on a, a really good bout here. So this would be all about Backlund proving he can still go and finally have his WrestleMania moment. Um, and as much as I would like to put Backlund over here, I think it probably makes more sense for Jarrett to win because Jarrett was getting the push. Jarrett was the younger talent uh, than, than Backlund. But I, I think you could definitely have a match where the crowd would be really behind Backlund, really pop for Backlund, really think he's going to get the win here and there with some near falls uh, and, and make this kind of a hidden gem of, of a match, uh, I, I think. So th this really, I came up with this because I wanted to do, again, do some history things and looking at people who they had who had a long history, it didn't go further back than Backlund at that time. Yeah, I like that. And, uh, you know, I used these guys in different ways, but uh, I think that they definitely could have had a good match. And it would have been cool to see Bob Backlund have some sort of WrestleMania moment. I agree, though, that uh, Jarrett probably should have been should be the one to go over in that scenario. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the history part of it. Uh, you know, because I try to incorporate a little bit of that, too. We'll, we'll get there. Um, my next match is a tag team match. I have Razor Ramon and the 123 Kid versus Jeff Jarrett and Jerry Lawler, or as I call them, the Tenacious Tennesseans. That's my uh, tag team name. Letter not, not the Memphis Maniacs. I like that, too. I like that, too. That's probably what they would have been named had Vince chosen in that era. Um, you know, obviously, Razor Ramon and 123 Kid would have – stuff together down the road. I moved it up a little bit here, but uh, I, I think that this foursome of guys could really have had a fun, but also quality tag team matchup. You know, the, I mean, you've, you, I've heard Lawler on commentary mention the Tennessee connection with Jarrett many times. So I think it would have been cool to see them tag together as heels. I can only imagine the promos back and forth, you know, with all these guys, I think it would have been, I think it could have been a fun feud had that actually happened. So, you know, I never would have thought of that in a million years. I thought of trying to use one, two, three kids somehow. I did think of using the Ramon team. I didn't think about using Lawler. I just didn't want to use him. I didn't really like what he was doing at this period. So I didn't want to use him, but the connection with them, the connection with Ramon and, and, and kid, You've got kind of a veteran, younger guy with a veteran and a younger guy. Yeah. Like you said, the promos back and forth would be good. Uh, making that Memphis connection with them. Uh, yeah, I, I think the, that would be a pretty good ta tag match over, overall. Did you did you say who, who you would win? Who would you put over? Oh, no, I didn't. Um, but I would probably have Ramon and the 1-2-3 kid win. That's that, that. That's why I thought. I think there's more upside to the two of them uh, as opposed to Jarrett and Lawler. I think. I think if you would kind of map out the hierarchy, you know, Ramones uh, and and one, two, three, kid put together is above Jarrett and Lawler put together, yeah. give, giving them the push. Well, my next match was the tag match, tag title match, which we already talked about the Quebecers and the Stein Brothers. As I said, I just wanted it a little bit higher on the card because it was for the title, uh, and I'll throw it back to you. Yeah, okay. Well, my next match is actually not a match. It's actually a segment. Segment. But it is my number six marked uh, part of the show. Um, and that would be a Piper's Pit. And referencing the history, you're going to have to roll with me here, Leonard. Okay, I'll roll. I would have a Piper's Pit. It's the 10th anniversary of WrestleMania with Bob Backlund and Hulk Hogan. 
So. Okay, so how are you getting Hogan? Hogan didn't sign officially with WCW until June. So I I looked this up. I looked this up. Oh, I didn't even think about it. He had started, I think, appearing on WCW television before then. Yes, uh, I, he he was, I believe, doing Thunder in Paradise. He was yeah. working for TNT at the time. Right. Yes, he was. He was filming that show. And initially, I was going to have a match. Like, I was like, well, wouldn't it be cool? 10th anniversary, Piper versus Hogan. But I was like, you know what? No, that's a little bit too much of a stretch for Hogan in this era. But I do think they could have given him a good enough payday to make a Piper's Pit appearance for the 10th anniversary. Be like, hey, you know. We know you've moved on, but could you just make an appearance for the 10th anniversary show? It would mean a lot to the fans. I think that that's feasible in some semblance, in some multiverse reality. (laughs) And, you know, you could, you could do whatever you wanted here. You could, you know, have him, you know, exchange harsh words with Piper. You could have Backlund come out and, you know, there's the match you never saw in WWF. However, those two did wrestle for 20 minutes, mind you, in Japan don't know if anybody knew that but oh um, i didn't know that yeah so you could have you could have different things going on here you have the history it's the 10th anniversary and you have all these guys here i think that this would have been a fun segment to see a stretch obviously because <laughs> was looking at wcw at this time but oh well <laughs> see what you could do is you could have piper say we have the last champ of the pre-wrestlemania era we have the first champ of the pre-WrestleMania era, and we have the guy that should have been champion. Right. Of you the could, WrestleMania yeah, you could do era. so much with it. Or, or you know, or the greatest wrestler of all eras, whatever, whatever you want. Yeah. And you could have a little scuffle between them. I don't know. Yes, you're right. I never would have thought of that, but that's a lot of great stuff that you could do and have a, like if we look like at the WrestleMania, we just passed 38. Like the idea of a segment leading to a match. They wouldn't have done that back then. Right. But yeah. A segment where you maybe had a, a shot, a pop of some sort could do that. Yeah. So my next match is The Undertaker with Paul Bearer versus Bam Bam Bigelow with Luna Vachon. So here's my scenario. Bigelow and Vachon uh, are still supposed to face Doink and Dink as, as original. But they jumped them in the back earlier in the night, beat the crap out of them. They can't wrestle. So Bigelow gets in the ring, demands an opponent if there's anyone with guts to face him. Lights go out, gong sounds, Undertaker returns. He has not been seen since he, quote-unquote, died at the Royal Rumble. Now, of course, this would erase the Undertaker versus Undertaker match from SummerSlam and that whole storyline Oh, so sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Losing a classic there. Um, but uh, Bam Bam is a big guy who can move. So could Undertaker at this time. Um, I think I looked it up and they had like one match at one point uh, around this period. Maybe it was like, I think, 92. Uh, but this would probably be a pretty good match. Um, I would have Undertaker win uh, to come back strong keep the streak going that we didn't really realize was a thing at this point. How would he have won? Uh, how would he have won? Um, I think he could hit the tombstone on Bam Bam. That, that is a visual I would have loved to have seen. I think he could get him up. Now, I, I don't think he was doing the choke slam at this time. Choke no. slam, well, it would be a low-altitude choke slam if he, if he did it on, <laughs> yeah. on Bam. 
Bam, bam. But yeah, he could probably do it. I'd like to see it, especially if Bigelow goes up for him. That could work. So uh, maybe, maybe this is bring Undertaker back too quick. At this point, you need your stars. Bring them back. Get them moving. Give them a big win. Give them another notch on the WrestleMania belt. So it's interesting you use the Undertaker in a match. Now, I had thought about that. I looked up the history, like, and he was gone at this time. He was nursing a back injury. So as, as much as I fudged and tried to cheat here and there on my card, like, for whatever reason, like, with Perfect, I wanted to be logical. And with the Undertaker, I wanted to be logical. So I did use the Undertaker, but I didn't use him in a match. Um, but, yes, I agree that that would have been a great match to see. I, I think that those are two logical people to put together. Or a logical person to put with the Undertaker, I should say. Um, I mean, Bam Bam at this time could move, uh, you know, a, a really well. And uh, yeah, I mean, I can just can you imagine like the hijinks with uh, at least on your card with Luna and Paul Bearer on the outside? You know. I yeah, mean, I think Luna would definitely go after Bearer, and I think Bearer would probably run away screaming. I think Luna would try to get the urn. Absolutely, uh, you know. But yeah, I think that could have been a good match. Uh, I, I'm having trouble picturing Undertaker getting Bam Bam up at Tombstone, <laughs> but certainly Bam Bam could get himself around for it. But whether or not the Undertaker could hold that and not kill him, <laughs> like, I'm trying to think of something because he wasn't doing the, uh, you know, the Hell's Gate at this time. No, maybe just use the flying forearm. Yeah, or the flying, the flying like chop arm thing that he that he does. Old school. The old well, maybe the, at this point it was current school. So current school in in hey current school never ended a match. This could be the true. Thing. Absolutely. Well, I like that. Um, my next match for whatever reason I wanted to keep using Crush, but I don't have him against Savage here. Okay. I have Crush versus the Great Muda. So, <laughs> so that's a cheat right there. Obviously, but he was with NJ uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling at this time. Um, he was yeah. not with WCW at yeah, this yeah, particular yeah. moment. He was actually in main event matches with New Japan Pro Wrestling. He didn't have the heavyweight belt there at this moment. I think he just lost it from what I recall looking up. But um, he that's where he was. And I think it's feasible, uh, you know, realistic to imagine them reaching out for something like this. They had done it before. So... I think the fact that you have one, two guys with makeup, Crush had the heel makeup at this point. Um, I think it would have been cool to see Crush go against somebody like this. And if you're going to push Crush as this heel character, what better way to do it than have him go over a legend like the great Muda instead of getting beat <laughs> and, you know, having to keep changing his character all the time. So I would have had Crush go over here. I think it would have worked. That is, that is uh, a neat idea. I wouldn't have thought to bring in Muda. I'm trying to think how those styles would would go together. It would I have mean, been weird. It would have been. It might have been a clash of styles, but I yeah. Know. Muda could have worked around them. Yeah. Now now, Kurosh is being managed by Mr. Fuji and Jim Cornette at the time, and yeah. they were kind of trying to play up a little bit on his P Polynesian or it was Asian rim. <laughs> connection oh yeah so that could be something that they they could have very true you know played up on the fact that you know he was from hawaii and japan's on that side of the world and and i just had a horrible thought about working in pearl harbor uh <laughs> not a good but vince would have done it if yeah. someone would have mentioned it to him they would have figured it out 
So um, I, I used Crush as well. I call this a match of convenience because I felt like I had to use Lex Luger and Crush. And I know I booked them before when we rebooked. I believe it was Royal Rumble 95. So I've got Luger versus Crush at Mr. Fuji and Jim Cornette. I thought um, about doing this match. I thought about yeah. this being my Falls Count Anywhere match at one point. Yeah, I mean, I thought about that too. I thought about giving a stipulation. But I think my, my juice here would be I would have had Crush eliminate Luger at the Royal Rumble. That makes him mad. This would make Luger more aggressive. This would lead to him teasing a heel turn. He was a way better heel than a face. And I would keep this short. I would keep it basic. I would let Luger win, but not too clean. Maybe he gets an eye gouge or maybe he pulls the tight, something like that. I would have Cornette bitch about that. And then Luger nails him with the steel-plated forearm. So, Luger had reached the end of his usefulness as a face, even though he would continue on as a face for, I believe, the remainder of his WWF career. So uh, I would had teased a heel turn and probably would have had him heal by SummerSlam. And, you know, wh where that would have led, hard, hard to say. I would have to look further down the road. But I would definitely have gotten the narcissist back in the game. I like the idea of him becoming going back to being the narcissist because um, I think there was – mileage there that they could have uh gone with yeah if you think but, about who's only the narcissist for a few months yeah he did at the rumble but didn't wrestle for the first couple of months i don't think and uh then there was you know he disappeared for maybe a week or two before they did the thing on the flagship and right oh yeah no i like yeah i like that like i said i was thinking about doing that match myself um, and then I just, I tried other scenarios, but I, I think that those guys definitely could have had a physical match. Would it have been five stars? Maybe not, but I like your match of convenience tag mm -hmm. with it. So uh, my next match is a tag match. It's for the SMW tag team titles, Leonard. Oh, it is the, Rock, that connection. the Rock and Roll Express versus the Head Shrinkers. I don't know what this match would have looked like, but I feel like the Head Shrinkers and the Rock and Roll Express, both these teams really could work with anybody. Um, yeah. And I think it would have been cool to see these teams together. And I think it would also have been cool to see the Rock and Roll Express on a WrestleMania card. And they were with the company at this time. So yeah. this is not a cheat. They were there. But, uh, you know, they you would have the company do stuff with the Smoky Mountain Wrestling tag team titles before this. And, uh, why not do it here? Have, I mean, the Rock and Roll Express, those are, that's a name that people will recognize. Even if it's people up north who aren't as familiar with them, they'll know about the Rock and Roll Express to some degree. And the Head Shrinkers were, you know, classic heels of the era. So you could have the Rock and Roll Express do their type of tag match. The crowd would have been, you know, good to go for it. And I, you know, I probably would have just had the rock and rolls go over, but I think it would have been a fun match. I thought about using the rock and roll briefly. I thought about possibly using them in the heavenly bodies in my dark match. Um, and possibly for the SMW titles, as you said, they had worked together. They had to defend the titles in WWE. That's, that's fine. I don't think there would be anything against that. Um, I like the idea of them against the, um, head shrinkers. I think the, the Rock and Roll Express usually went against two types of teams. Either teams are very similar to them in makeup, uh, like say the Midnight Express, or, or sometimes teams that were big 
and brawly type type of guy. So I think the head shrinkers have that. I definitely think they could have got a good uh, match out of the head shrinkers. I think this would be a good match. I would assume, I don't know if you said, I, I would assume that you would keep the belts on the rock and roll. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. And, and I know it's always been said because, uh, you know, I listen to Jim Cornette's podcast is that like guys like Vince Mann and Kevin Dunn think that WWF fans only know WWF wrestlers. Right. And time they would bring in somebody like I know he tells a story about Terry Funk that nobody knows who the hell Terry Funk is. And uh, I believe it was the Chainsaw Charlie gimmick. Right. And he comes out and everyone chants Terry Funk when Kevin Dunn was like, nobody knows who Terry Funk is. And you see, it's like, it's, it's looking at things in a very black and white way. And, you know, I, at this stage of my life, I only watched WWF, but I knew who the rock and roll express were. Right. Yeah. I think I I didn't watch their matches all the time. I couldn't have told you about the classic feuds that they had, but I knew who they were, (laughs) you know, but yeah. yeah. And yeah, I think this is a good match. I think it would have got pop even in MSG. So it's fine. So my next bout is uh, the ladder match that, that we were required to book it is still for the WWF Intercontinental title. It still features Shawn Michaels and his opponent is macho man, Randy Savage. <laughs> and are you laughing? Because is that what you did? It is. It is. All right. Yeah. So, during so here's my scenario during the IC title unification match on Raw, which I mentioned earlier, Savage is on commentary. A frustrated Michael exits the ring, gets near the commentary table, maybe yells at Savage for talking crap on him. They get into it, maybe they shove each other, and that distraction allows Diesel to attack Ramon. So Sean wins. So then Macho Man inserts himself, he wants that title shot again. We're talking history. He had a legendary match with Ricky Steamboat uh, at WrestleMania three. So he brings in that history. He brings in the fact that he's, you know, won titles at WrestleMania. He's lost titles at WrestleMania. He's done. He's defended titles at WrestleMania. You name it. He's done it. He's the macho man. And you could simply have had these two maybe get into a fight. Maybe Sean pulls the ladder from underneath the ring, whatever. It'd be very easy to introduce the ladder match idea. I think having Savage in a ladder match, I don't know if he ever did one in WCW. Nothing comes to mind. But to have him in the first ladder match, and again, history, torch passing, old era, new era, um, I think it would have been a great bout. I think Savage could still go at this time. I think he and Sean would definitely have came up with very interesting, if not similar, uh, uh, things to do with the ladder segments, uh, with the ladder that the uh, Ramon and Michael did Savage hitting the elbow off the ladder. I mean, that's an image right there. And Absolutely. I wouldn't put the belt on on Savage. Uh, you know, I would keep it on Michaels. This is a moment where Savage can really put over Michaels, make Michaels. So I would have him kind of hit the elbow, and that slows him up. This allows Michaels to maybe come back. Michaels would get you know get get the win. Um, and and keep the belt and uh, put him over. But I think this match would still be close to a five-star classic, if not a five-star classic, and a great, great way for Macho Man. As you mentioned, this show was his last uh, match, on-air match for, for the WWF. Uh, so if this was the way he was going to go out, I think it's a great way for him to go out. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, I pretty much echo a lot of the logic that you used. And uh, I, I was trying to figure out a way to keep the match as much of a classic as it could be mm-hmm. while changing one of the opponents. And Savage would be the perfect one. And I agree. I think they their feud could have been surrounding, you know, who was the best intercontinental champion you know, or something along those lines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could have incorporated the history there really well and you know what as you were talking and as i thought about how it was his last televised match you could have even incorporated that um now savage was also already in a career ending match in wrestlemania 7 but uh, you could have incorporated that as a stipulation here if he didn't win um so it could have been a big send-off for him now he didn't get a big send-off and uh rumors are still going as to why Mm -hmm. that is but i think it would have been cool to see if you could rewrite history um, and these two, I think that you can find either on. So there's like a set with Randy Savage, like lost matches. And then there's a set of Michael's lost matches out there. I think on one of them, you can find that these two did work together like once randomly. Yeah, I think it was maybe that like the like the Wrestle War tour. Yeah, like type of thing. But they never had a feud, and no, I think never a feud. Had... And I don't think that match that you mentioned was ever uh, tele- televised. It might have been on a Coliseum tape, something like that. Exactly right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it would have been cool to see them work more together because Sean was constantly improving, and this was obviously him really showcasing uh, his brilliance. And and Savage could still go. And when you mentioned about him doing a ladder match, I don't think he's ever done a ladder match in WCW. But we did see in WCW him do a little bit of the hardcore stuff with DDP. Right. And like, it would have been cool to see him kind of broaden his horizons a little bit with the, his in-ring style. And it would have been cool to see him do a ladder match. Like the visuals you were talking about with him doing some of his moves off the top of a ladder would have been great. Um, But yeah. So yeah, we agree on this. I'm actually excited to talk about my main event. It's your, um, it's, no, it's, it's technically it's your turn because yes. But if you want to do your main event, if you want to do your main event first, you're more than welcome to. Now I want I want you to go first because I think it would be absolutely crazy if we had the same idea because my idea is so out of left field mm-hmm. that I I would be shocked. But it is logical, okay. so go ahead. Okay, I do I don't I don't think it it, it is because <laughs> you've already used the guy I'm using and unless you double use him. Okay, well, there you go. So I have the WWF World Heavyweight title. Yoko's in a champion with Mr. Fuji and Jim Cornette, and he's going to defend against Rowdy Roddy Piper. So Piper was a guest referee, as we mentioned, for the uh, Yoko versus Brett match on this card. Um, and Roddy Piper, I think, is the MVP of our rebooks. We always seem to bring him back out of the mothballs to work a match or do something. Yeah. goes. I so, think I used this match at WrestleMania 9, if I'm not mistaken, on our rebook you, of you might have, but have, You know what? I didn't go back and, and look. I didn't want to taint any of the ideas I had by seeing what we had maybe done in the past. Yeah, you didn't uh, use it. I think I did. No, I know, I know I didn't use it. So, again, the history thing. Piper was in the main event of the first WrestleMania, and the only guy who reasonably could repeat that here. You know, not Orndorff, not Hogan, not Mr. T. Mr. T versus Yokozuna would have been amazing, though. I would have watched that. <laughs> Um, so, you know, you have that history connection. What I would do is I would make Piper the surprise 30th entry in the rumble, have him win my last eliminating crush. 
You then get great promos from Ty Piper about how he was never WF champion, how he was in the biggest main event of the biggest WrestleMania, and how he's doing it again here. I would love to hear Cornette cut promos back on Piper. You know, him being a has-been windbag. Um, I, I think the match would be short. I will let Piper look decent. But he eats a bonsai drop in the end. You know, you, as much as it would probably have been a huge pop to have Piper win and become champ for even a day if he loses it on Raw the next day. Um, I don't think he could do that here. So I would let... Uh, so then... As Yokozuna continues to be a Piper post-match, I would have Bret Hart run out for the save. So you're teasing a WrestleMania 9 repeat. Like you have Piper telling Bret, go, go. And Bret says, no. Bret says, no. He said, I waited a year to get back at Yokozuna, and I can wait a little bit longer. I'm going to wait. A subtle dig at Hogan. <laughs> a subtle dig at Hogan because he's not there. Screw him. And he's going to say, I can wait. And I'm going to wait until King of the Ring. And that's your King of the Ring main event. And you're using your end of WrestleMania to hype your next big paper. I, I, I like that. Uh, it would have been, yeah. I mean, obviously, I used that match at WrestleMania uh, 9. So mm -hmm. I think it would have been cool to use Piper here in, in a high-profile spot like this. I think this was like him heavily into his movie career. Um yeah, so I'm not sure what he would have been. He would have been doing a lot of director movies by this point. This was, yeah. what, 94? So yeah. this would have been around the time of, I think, Jungle Ground. and Yeah. Which is actually a really good movie. If you, if you, if you haven't seen it, it's probably the best of Piper's direct-to-video direct direct 90s stuff. Uh, but it would have been around, around that, that time frame, I think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I like this idea. And, you know, yeah, you could – I think it would be a good idea to have Yoko win and uh, kind of keep his streak going and, you know, kind of tease Bret Hart still kind of taking the crown at some point. Mm -hmm. um, so my main event, which – I'm excited. I, I, can't, I can't imagine what it is. Now, I guess Yoko's in it, but I yes, don't know. Yoko, Yoko's in it. And, you know what – I don't know if you'll like this or not, but there's okay. logic to it. And once, so mm -hmm. this card initially. Is it Doink the Clown? Is it Yoko versus Doink? It is not. Oh, uh, okay. Initially, this card was hard for me to put together because I couldn't find a kind of through like an arc. I couldn't find a, a way for everything to kind of click together. And then the more research I did, once I hit on this match, it just made so much sense to me and it would have rewritten history in a way that i think would have made things happier um so this is a wwf championship lumberjack match so oh. that's net like never happened at a wrestlemania certainly um yeah. but why do i have this because at the end of the brett yoko match you have everybody come out and cheer brett for winning and it's this big moment and it kind of looks weird in that card because it's not like that happened every time before that so okay i just i just had an idea what it might be but keep going so if you have the lumberjacks around the ring it would make that moment more logical so it is yokozuna versus earthquake so not what i thought you were going to go for it no but. here's the logic here in okay, january these two had a feud. They had a sumo match on Raw. Oh, I vaguely remember that being a thing now, and yes. Earthquake won that sumo match. So 
And by the way, in case you weren't aware, John Tenta in his previous life yes. was a sumo champion. And, you know, one of the guys at WrestleMania 7, Katao, I think his name was, they got into it in Japan. John Tenta was a tough dude. So I think based on that, you could have this be the feud for WrestleMania. And after WrestleMania 10, you know, Earthquake squashed Adam Bomb in like a minute at this event. Like they were still having Earthquake yeah. squash guys. So it would have been great. This is a guy who was main eventing with Hulk Hogan. Like, right. In prominent spots. He killed yeah, main Damien. event SummerSlam. Was it SummerSlam 90? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. He killed Damien. Like, this is a guy that was in high-profile spots. And after WrestleMania 10, he would have he left the company, and he had financial yeah. troubles, and he would end up in WCW as, you know, horrible characters. The so, shark. Yeah. Right. So it would have been cool to see him have a moment here. And logic, to me, is sound. You have what better way to beat this big, unstoppable person from Japan then have another big unstoppable person come and confront him and beat him for the title. You have everybody there. However, there is a hook here that leads to something down the road. Okay. You have the lumberjacks around ringside. Yokozuna is ready to put the final kill in the bonsai drop. Yeah. The lights go out. The gong hits. You have the undertaker at ringside as a lumberjack and he interferes enough to get Earthquake to win. Maybe he doesn't even get physically involved. Maybe he just appears, and it scares Yokozuna enough that Earthquake can get the upper hand. So You're putting the belt on Earthquake. I am. Hey, I, 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 I know. I, like your, your face says it all. Like it's, yeah. But That's wrong. all the logic there. You can't deny all the logic in that storyline. I don't deny all the logic. I deny the ability to make money. Okay. <laughs> well, he was, what was he? A member? He was a member of the Natural Disasters. And, you know, I don't think it, it, he could have been positioned in a way to be an underdog to a bigger, heavier Yokozuna, but still mm -hmm. a threat. Yes. I I, I, I <laughs> I'm still, I'm still, I'm still thinking about like today. I would love to hear like the Bruce Pritchard podcast where Conrad asks him about. So, so why did you guys go with Earthquake <laughs> at WrestleMania 10? And hear Bruce try to explain it. Like that's what I'm hearing in my head right now. Hey, I'm just going off that sumo match. Right now, now you mentioned Taker was a lumberjack. Any other specific lumberjacks or just whoever's there? You can have a mix of heels and faces there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it probably it doesn't matter. I think I think there would probably be uh, a part of the gag would be like the guys going out of the ring and they can't put because Earthquake and Yokozuna are too big, right? So they yeah. can't get them back in. They just can't. <laughs> yeah, it it might it would it would be an interesting match to watch and maybe you have the Shockmaster make an appearance from WCW. What do you think? You, you you you, you could former teammate former teammate coming out he tri he trips and falls all the way down the aisle rules <laughs> like uh, uh what's his face from the greatest royal rumble oh that was um oh Tyus O'Neill yeah anyway yes I'm holding hold, hold my idea Leonard earthquake WrestleMania ten champ I'm gonna give you 
the award for the most creative main event booking for any rebook that we've done. <laughs> yeah. The most outside of the box booking. I, I you know, it, it's, it would have been so cool to see like a guy that had proven that he was a main event commodity mm-hmm. and that his storylines were interesting. It would have been cool to give him a moment like this and save him from kind of fading into obscurity as the shark and then eventually returning as Golga. Um, like this is a guy that. Could oh yeah. Off. I forgot all about Golga. Cause he was right. on our man. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Out of left field, bizarre. But can you imagine how much history would have changed if we looked back and they were trying to hoist earthquake on their shoulders? Yes. <laughs> to get the win. And then, like, you know, what comes after that? I assume the Undertaker Yokozuna feud restarts. Who does Earthquake fight with? Crush? Well, you can I mean, have him fight with Bret Hart. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. It, it would be it would be face versus face, or Earthquake could slowly turn. Yeah, you, yeah, you could have, have him turn back and be a heel. They should they should have a, they can have a flag match where they both have the Canadian flag. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody will buy that King of the Ring pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah. It's a Canadian flag match. <laughs> Yeah, you could have this be a flag, a flag lumberjack match. Yes. Japanese and the Canadian flag in the ring. Yeah. In Madison Square Garden. <laughs> that would be so over. That's a license to print money. Yes. And people will be like, why is it? What did it in Mid-South, uh, I think Bill Watts did like, one of the, what was it, like a loser leaves town tuxedo lumberjack match or something like that. Jim Ross talked about at one point. Something. I'd have to look up. It was, it was like every gimmick you could think of, like, yeah. together. You can have that happen here. Uh, a yeah. lumberjack flag tuxedo match for the WWF title. Yeah. Earthquake. Crow <laughs> closed the biggest anniversary WrestleMania at that point. <laughs> that doesn't involve Madison Square Garden in any way whatsoever. But yeah. It's, yeah. There. it's just there. Genius. Genius. <laughs> well, I will say that I thought about using Yoko versus Ramon at one point here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and and then I shifted him to 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 Diesel, and I forgot that you used Backlund. But for one moment, I thought you were going to do Yokozuna versus Backlund. Yeah, see, I, it, like I said, I'll be honest. I actually amended my Piper's Pit to include Backlund when you mentioned your match. Oh, and I was like, oh, I was like, I was like, yeah, Backlund's there. Or like, what can I use him in? Oh, why not use him in the Piper's Pit segment with Hogan? Oh. Come out for no reason. Just because Backlund, Bob Backlund. Well, there you go. Well, hey, if you guys out there think that we should not have rebooked this event, let us know why. If you like some of these other matches, other than the obvious, let us know why you like those matches. And uh, please, we would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, I, I definitely think that this event was good for a rebook, and uh, and this was this was a fun one. And uh, you know, let let's start a campaign. Earthquake should have been uh, should have been champion at WrestleMania ten. Mm-hmm. Right, we'll get we'll get shirts and hashtags going. That's hey, absolutely. I would now, love, I would love now, to have the John Tenta shirt. Well, yes, like I said, uh, check us out on uh, Apple Podcasts and or Spotify if you'd rather listen to us. Uh, please hit the like button on our YouTube video and subscribe to our channel. Check out our past episodes. We have a lot of fun here. Please let us know if there's any ideas that you liked or disliked. And uh, for Leonard, my name is Chad and Alexa will see you out.